0: Welcome to the St. James Parish Podcast. Enjoy sermons, lectures, and special presentations from St. James Episcopal Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. Curious about what else St. James has to offer? Visit our website linked in the show notes to learn more. Good morning. Today we experience the authority of Jesus Christ and we experience the truth of Jesus Christ. Authority and truth. Those seem to be two notions which are a little old-fashioned these days. After all, can anyone teach with authority or truth anymore? I was taught from a fairly young age that it was a good thing to question authority, not to trust everything that I see or I read, and with good reason, because not everything that we see or read is true. For example, evidently, this is a quote from Abraham Lincoln. Don't believe everything you read on the Internet. (laughs) Really? So we can all agree that advertisers stretch the truth. We can all agree that politicians stretch the truth. And regardless of what news station any of us watch or whatever reels we get information from on our phones, respectfully, we can agree that media platforms offer very different versions of the truth. So, we question authority. We suspect any claim to the truth. It's exhausting, yes? But here we are this morning with an old-fashioned scripture reading that I would suggest is more important than ever, because in the midst of a world longing for authority, yearning for clear and certain truth, Jesus Christ offers just that, his authority, his truth, upon which we can validate and verify, and then upon which we can build our lives. Today, Jesus demonstrates his authority to call out, call out those things that would prevent us from living the truth that he teaches. Just to recap where Jesus is, he's been baptized. God spoke. He wandered the wilderness for 40 days, prevailing over evil. He's rounded up a band of followers, his disciples. We can imagine that this is probably about the time the disciples start to ask questions about this person. They've left everything behind to follow. Although I think they might sound more like kids in the back seat. Where are we going? Where are we going to sleep tonight? I'm hungry. I'm tired. Move over. Are we almost there yet? It is the Sabbath though. So Jesus takes his ministry team to church, to the temple, and Jesus begins to preach. It's been suggested that the most hopeful part of any church service is the moment the preacher enters the pulpit and everyone sits. It's in that silent moment that the congregation waits for a word, not from the preacher, but from God, wondering maybe, maybe what is there for them today? If they might hear something to connect, to resonate, perhaps even to encourage them from whatever they may be facing that day, that week, that year. So whatever Jesus had chosen to speak about that day, our text says the people were amazed by it. And they were talking amongst themselves, hopefully not talking during the sermon. And they were saying, wow, this guy's amazing. He makes this feel real. He knows what he's talking about, not like the scribes. He's someone with authority. And then someone, maybe about halfway back, starts to heckle Jesus, heckling the preacher. Now, that would never happen in the Episcopal church, would it? Don't start today, Jennifer Craig. (laughs) The text says it was a man, a man with an unclean spirit. Now, I know that over the years there's been a tendency to make this man and this spirit, and in fact, this whole story, like a scene from The Exorcist, pea green soup and all. But that's not really what we see here. What we see is just a man, a man in worship man with an unclean spirit. So then we ask, what is an unclean spirit? Some have said that perhaps it was evil, a demon. Some say it was some sort of medical condition that we could now use Dr. Google to diagnose. Some say that the man was just emotionally and spiritually broken. So much so that something held a grip on his life, that he was possessed by the kinds of things we don't like to talk about in church. Things that get a hold of us, something dark inside. It is pretty easy to think of the spirit as evil, and then it's really easy to take the leap and just demonize that whole person, that man. But again, who was this man? Was he a stranger in the temple this week? A visitor, perhaps? Some sort of unwelcomed guest that got in somehow past the greeters and the ushers? It would be nice to think that because we don't want to think of our church as having any of those kinds of people. What if this man wasn't a stranger at all? What if this man was one of the regulars, one of the congregants, one of the many waiting in silence across the pews as a preacher named Jesus stepped into the pulpit? Could he, that man, perhaps have been the one that morning to have heard some word of authority, some spoken truth that changed him Could Jesus perhaps have hit that place deep inside a part of him, a part of his spirit, something broken, something, well, unclean? The unclean spirit shouts out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? What have you to do with us? With us? Who is us? Was he speaking for everyone in the temple that day? Was he speaking for all that is evil? or was he just really speaking for that one man, all the people on his inside, all the parts of him who had come and gone during his lifetime? We all have an us, mine, husband, father, son, brother, small-town North Carolina kid, friend, priest, Tarheel. <laughs> My us has seen success, all those parts of us, Again, my us has seen success. I've seen a whole lot of love and grace and also some spectacular failures, gobs of joy, some real darkness, worry, anxiety, fret. You know these things, all those parts of us, because they still live in us, and us have gotten very good at hiding them under the skin we are in and the facade that people see. So, for that man, that day, those unacknowledged but still present parts cried out together, What do you want with us? But he doesn't stop there. He goes on with, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Let's just note there, even the unclean spirits recognize the authority of Jesus. There's no spin, no cover up, no burying the story. Scripture says, though, that Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. Noteworthy. Jesus didn't hem and haw, make a big deal out of it. He simply looked over and said, be quiet. Get out. Authority. Is there any wonder that man was convulsing as Jesus was healing him? We don't want to admit and then to give up our stuff. We don't want to give up our sense of control. We don't want to give up our sense of defenses. It's hard to let go but let go, that man did. And today, Jesus comes to us. But not just today, again and again. Thank God that his spirit shows us the things in our life that we can give over to Jesus, and then even gives us the strength to walk in that direction. I have to say, if there's anything in the world that I would want to be dependent upon, it is Jesus Christ, his authority, his truth, And really, folks, here's the thing. As scary as it may be to think of being vulnerable and open to Jesus, God already knows everything we've got, everything that's ever happened to us, everything we are. And despite what we may think of ourselves, God loves us so much anyway. So every single day, Christ will see us. Christ will see us out there in the world trying really hard or we might yell or we might just whisper. What do you want from us, Jesus of Nazareth? And Jesus will answer with authority, with truth. Jesus will say, I've got this. And he will look to whatever unclean thing lies within us and he'll say, come out of there. You're no longer needed. I'm the one who can love him as much as he needs to be loved. I'm the one she can trust. I'm the one he can depend on, and I will never, ever leave her alone. That, my friends, is real. And that is the authority, and that is the truth of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. Amen.